0: Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from quarantine here in Detroit. We have a lot of stuff to cover tonight, uh, so buckle up, be prepared, this is going to be a very long episode. Um, of course Will will be joining us with Paula Talk later, um, and he's gonna cover all the, you know, all the stuff that he normally covers that is not my job, <laughs> But, for right now, we're going to focus on the things that, is, that are my job. I cannot speak English today, guys. I don't know what's happening to me. <laughs> Alright. So, just a forewarning. Um, if you couldn't tell by the segment titles, the, at least the first two segments are going to be a little bit of a downer. So, uh, we're going to start today with the news of Kelly Preston's untimely death. Um, Miss Preston was, of course, married to John Travolta. Uh, They had been married for 29 years, which I didn't realize. Like, I knew they'd been together for a really long time. I didn't realize that they'd been together for... Or they had been married for nearly 30 years. Um, And in 2009... uh, they lost their son, Jet, at just 16 years old. Um, he had seizures, and um, unfortunately, um, he had one that ultimately took his life. But with Miss Preston, it was a little bit of a shock. Uh, she had been battling breast cancer for the, for the last two years, and as I was reading the gossip blogs... I realized something, and it's not necessarily something that I agree with, or that even I think we should encourage. But the gossip blogs actually did keep hinting that there was something um, terribly wrong with Miss Preston. Um, Now, one of the things that um, keep coming up time and time again um, in all of the obituaries... Um, is the fact that uh, John Travolta and Kelly Preston were Scientologists. Depending on who you believe, Kelly Preston may have been trying to exit the religion, um, like Leah Remini before her uh, and Lisa Marie Presley, who, um, just as a side note, um, Lisa Marie also lost her son, Yesterday, um, to a gunshot wound. So our hearts really go out to her. Our hearts obviously go out to John Travolta and his family for the, the loss of Kelly Preston. Um, but as we um, as news the news of her death filtered out, it really started making a, making me wonder, like if she was trying to leave Scientology could there have been some sort of conspiracy? Now, there's no evidence um, that there is, and there's no evidence that she was even leaving the religion. Um, John Travolta has certainly been one of their biggest supporters for years, uh, second only to Tom Cruise. And uh, in in terms of um, in terms of Tom Cru Ker- or um John Travolta, he announced Kelly Preston's death in an Instagram post. Um and he basically just said that um he's gonna be spending time with his kids. And fans should not worry if they don't hear from him for a while. Uh and the wording of the post was completely strange uh, but I want to point out to people that we shouldn't grief shame people um, even if there's wasn't a, tr- a traditional marriage um, they still love one another very much and I, I do think that needs to be respected um, uh, even if they were just best friends. I think there is something to be said for that. I think there is definitely something to be um, said for a friendship to be that deep and whatnot. Uh, you know, and breast cancer is no joke. Um, I know there are some people who are saying, well, what, she should have come forward with her battle. That's a decision every person has to make for themselves. And... Uh, frankly, I can see why she didn't want to c- come forward with it. Um, you know, uh, Scientology's views are not always in line with um, modern medicine thinking. Uh, and, you know, assuming that she was still very active within the Church of Scientology, her treatments may not have been uh, what people thought was, was best. And she probably didn't want to um, deal with the criticism, you know. Or conversely, uh, and I'm speaking um, not from experience, not from pretend experience, of course, but um, one of my dear friends uh, battled cancer. And, you know, week after week... I would hear how chemo took it out of her, uh, how worn out she got from the simplest of things. So, I think that should also be a consideration. And we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Okay, so this was actually the top story um, that we had planned but of course, um, everything keeps shifting and, um, you know, this is the world of gossip. This is the world of news. Um, and Will and I are both very uh, conscious of this. Um, last Wednesday, Naya Rivera, uh, went missing. She was out on Lake Pew, or I'm not sure, that's probably not how you say it, um, but she was out on the lake with her son. Um, and another boater happened to see her son on the boat by himself, and went ashore. Now, there were some reports early on, uh, that Naya was supposed to have the boat back by a certain time, um, but that, while that may have been true, um, it seems like another boater grew concerned when they seen the boy by himself, um, and they got him to the shore, left him with the Coast Guard, um, and they, they immediately launched a search and recovery um, mission. By Thursday, they were not so hopeful that it was a search and it was deemed a recovery. Over the last week or I should say over the weekend, many of Heather's, or many of Naya's co-stars from Glee started speaking out, uh, with Heather Morris being the, um, the most vocal, offering to join the search party in order to help find her friend. Sadly, this afternoon... They found Naya's body. And they are working on identifying it. Uh, but people close to... Um, people close to the investigation have said... It is 99% uh, Naya's uh, body that they found. Now, people will... I want everyone to remember that... um, Cory Monteith died... Um, and this, her body was actually discovered on the, I believe, the seventh year anniversary of his death. And then a few years ago, Mark Saling died of an apparent suicide. Um, this has led to two different camps. One camp says um, that there is a serial killer who is killing the um, original popular characters of Glee and it would be funny if it weren't so scary um, of course we no one thinks that Naya was actually murdered um, and the medical examiner has said it does not appear it was a homicide nor does it appear to be a suicide it this looks like an accidental drowning. <coughs> um, for those of you who need a refresher, um, I'm going to talk to Will into, let me do a deep dive into, um, the quote unquote glee curse, um, but just a quick refresher. Mark Sealing had been convicted of child um, of having child porn uh, on his computer, and. Uh, was due to be sentenced the next day um, after his body was found. Uh, and I'll get into this more in in the deep dive once I convince Will to let me do it. But um, there are many inconsistencies, just like with Jeffrey Epstein. Um, and many people feel that he was suicided. And, of course, with Naya <coughs> um, passing away at such a young age, it has really hit home for Glee fans. And um, left many wondering what's next, what's, what's about to happen. Um, right now, I think we just need to mourn. loss of a very talented young lady and you know give her ex-husband and her son some some space to grieve um you know I like most of us I grew up as a fan of Glee um I kind of walked away from it in the final season because it wasn't as good but you know, I was still deeply connected, um, to, to the characters, and I still like many of the, um, I still like many of the actors, and so this was a very difficult, uh, time for, um, for all of us, we're all kind of just trying to deal with, uh, um the not only her death but like the loss of three of, of the major characters of this show. Um and it just seems so so weird and bizarre. Um but rest in peace, Naya. Um to her family and friends, we love you and um we feel you. We're we're grieving alongside of you. I'm gonna take a break and I'll be right back. And I'm back. Okay, so I promise I put Mr. Doom and Gloom to the side for a couple segments, Um, and we're gonna get to some saucy gossip here. And it's coming to us courtesy of Jada Pinkett Smith and her husband Will Smith. Um, These two are superstars. Um, and they are, they are a powerhouse couple. Uh, I know a lot of people like to, um, add race to it, and yes, they are a powerhouse black couple. Um, the reason why I didn't is not because I'm trying to take away their identity, but uh, to me, they're just a, a power couple of epic proportions, um. In Hollywood, I don't think you could come across a more formidable uh, couple than Will and Jada. Maybe I'm wrong, and if I get backlash, I will apologize. (laughs) Um, But for right now, let's get into talking about what happened with their marriage. So, okay. August Elias said that he had a sexual relationship with Jada. Um, And inexplicably, he also claimed to be um, either... I think he claimed to be Willow's father, but that didn't make sense for the timeline that he laid out. Um, But when when the news hit... Jada and Will completely denied that this ever happened. Uh, And August did not back down from his statement. And in fact, that's when he doubled down. Um, And he explained that he had come to um, Will and Jada. Uh, He was a troubled youth and needed help and they set about helping him. And he ended up having sex with Jada with Will's permission. And that really got everyone's attention. And I mean, why wouldn't it? Um, even when I was reading, I was like, damn. So we're going to take just a second here. And we're going to um, talk about another long-standing rumor within... The Smith marriage. Um, It's been an open rumor um, in Hollywood and in the gossip blogs for quite some time. And, excuse me, that Will and Jada have an open marriage. Allegedly um Will prefers the company of men and Jada swings both ways. Now, I do want to stress that these are rumors. Um but I believe every rumor has a basis in truth. And so um with the August allegations out there and People were not buying this whole thing where they denied it happened. They had to move swiftly. And they did a red table talk. Where Jada confessed that she had indeed had an affair with with August. Except they didn't call it an affair. Because... I don't know why. Um... And and instead of calling it an affair... Um... Jada called it an entanglement. I just want that one to roll... I just want that to roll around. Um you know we're all having a ton of fun with this right now. Um, <laughs> and uh, what a lot of people are saying is who cares if they have an open marriage? Who cares if she slept with somebody else? Um, if this if this was A, if this was unfair or whatever, no one cares. Um, according to Jada and Will, they had been separated, which is big news in and of itself. Um, it won't be surprising to you guys because we had talked about them breaking up several times over the course of our show. Um, and in fact, we we actually thought that there would be a... Um, a breakup announcement. Um, but of course it never came and they reconciled. <coughs> um, so yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay I'm just getting some more my source um, in LA just sent me some more scoop this is late breaking news y'all okay so they were on the break she's up with August they reconciled the affair with August ended the reason why August went public allegedly um, and this is late breaking news is because he was trying to get money from them Now, in in this situation, I don't think that there are any winners or um, anything like that. But, according to my source, um, when, when the Smiths wouldn't pay up, he decided to cause trouble. Now, I don't know about you guys... But I do kind of find it hard to believe that um, the Smiths wouldn't just pay for his silence. Um, Since they have worked so hard on their carefully crafted um, reputations. So it does seem a little bit odd that they wouldn't pay up. But um, what my source is hearing from people close to Will and Jada is um this could be the first step towards them announcing a divorce as well Uh, it'll it'll come very carefully crafted and it'll come very um it'll be a slow process um and there won't be any fighting or anything like that because both of them are trying to maintain Um, careers in in Hollywood. I'm going to keep working on this developing story and bring you more uh, later on this week. But for right now, I need to take a break. And I'll be right back. And I am back. So, we're going to talk some soaps right now. Um, I changed the I changed the schedule of the show a little bit. Don't tell Will, I'll get in trouble. (laughs) So, okay. The big story last week was the shocking exit of Kristen Alfonso as Hope Brady on Days of Our Lives. And a lot of people were trying to figure out why she would leave so abruptly. Uh, And if the show knew... Uh, that she would be leaving before uh, they went on the unexpected COVID hiatus. Um, Because she said she's not even returning to the studio. Um, She's already wrapped and whatnot. Um, And it doesn't seem like this was um, well thought out or anything of the sort. Um, And in fact, (coughs) my source says uh, that this is probably a fake exit. What we mean by that is um, in light of Days of Our Lives renewal, uh, which I I had forecast at the beginning of this year, um, there was a tiny budget cut. And you have... Um, let me back up even further. Okay, so before the renewal... The entire cast of Days of Our Lives... Uh, was let go from their contracts. After the renewal, people started getting invited back. Stars like... Um, Chandler Massey... And Freddie Smith announced that they had been been informed their time on the show was up and they had already filmed their last scenes, uh, which will air in September. Uh, That was followed by Galen Gehrig, who has played Rafe on the show uh, for about four years, maybe five years now, and was Hope's love interest. Um, And there were some, uh, there were quite a few other stars who announced that they would also be leaving. And um, Kristen Alfonso is definitely the most um, well-known actress to be exiting the soap, or allegedly exiting. According to my source, um, who, um, who told us, in advance of the shenanigans that was going on at Days in the Renewal and whatnot. What they're hoping for is to lift Days out of the last place. Now, that seems counterintuitive to what I always say about continuity being best for daytime shows. But... In this case, I'm going to, um, I'm going to allow this, this area, because as my source pointed out, an accident of a, a major A-list star like this gained national attention. Ma- the mainstream media was reporting on it. And, um, that usually, um, leads into a big boost for Days of Our Lives. Being the only soap with new episodes for the last two months has also helped, um, their standing, um, in the Nielsen department. But what he said is, don't expect these exits, most of these exits to last for very long. Um. He is of the very firm belief, uh, that Chandler Massey and Freddie Smith, uh, will return due contract. Uh, he's not so sure about Galen Garrig, but, um, he said he is 100% certain that Kristen Alfonso not only will be back in studio, but he, but will be back on contract. Uh, Within... Within months. He said he would be very surprised if she... Actually exited the show. Um... This all seems coordinated... To... Um... Push the show forward. Um... When I asked him if there was another serial killer story on... Uh... In the cards... He said not that he's seen. Uh, but he definitely would not rule it out either. Um, for those of you who don't get the reference. Uh, maybe ten years ago. Somewhere around there. Uh, the show had a serial killer. Who turned out to be Marlena with I believe a chip in her brain or something. Uh uh-huh. Killing the residents of Salem, and then these same people ended up on an island, um, which and uh, they were rescued and brought back to the real Salem. It was fake Salem. It was very weird. It was a very <laughs> bizarre storyline that, for some reason, nobody talks about it anymore. <laughs> Probably for good reason. So. Uh, knowing soaps the way I do. I can definitely see them. Um, especially King Corday. Who is. Notorious. For shaking up the show. And rebooting it. Even when it doesn't need to be done, Um, pushing them out and trying to get the new class, but knowing that it's not gonna work and keeping these actors on a very short leash. So don't be surprised when she shows back up. Um, And I'm gonna take a break and I'll be right back. And I am back. Alright, so, you guys know I have a lot of connections and a lot of people I talk to. One of my friends works at a publisher, not just any publisher, but the publisher of Stephen King. And we were talking about... Um, we were talking about Stephen King and how, you know, frankly, I don't care for his newer stuff. Um, I think he has some wildly inventive, uh, premises. But they always seem to, um, fall apart at the last minute. And, I'm not 100% sure... ...why that is. Um, I think that... I mean, writing is hard, let's be honest. Um, and I don't know if he just, like, loses interest... ...halfway through writing and just does whatever... ...or if he meticulously plots everything out. And... Um, ...it just kind of... ...he doesn't realize that it's not working... Or maybe my tastes are just weird. Let's be let's be real. That could be it. <laughs> um. But some my friend and I were talking, and after the massive success he had with uh, the sequel to The Shining, Doctor Sleep, he is thinking about going to the well again. And um, now he did. He did talk about, um, my friend, not Stephen King, my friend talked about how there are, um, some legalities here, um, and, and some business stuff. So, the, um, publisher did Stephen King a favor by publishing his son, Owen's book. And they didn't feel like they got a very good return on investment. So they kind of prodded him to uh, write a sequel. Um, Especially since he had such great success with the Mr. Mercedes uh, trilogy. Uh, Now, they didn't necessarily say Do another sequel to The Shining. They just asked him to do. Another sequel. uh, To one of his other books. Or to one of his books I should say. Um, The third book in The Shining series. Was just something that he sparked to immediately. And as my friend was telling me this. It was announced that. Ernest Klein was releasing a sequel to Ready Player One called Ready Player Two. And uh, this got me to thinking, and I talked with Willa at great length about it. There is such pressure on writers nowadays to write series. Um, It is very rare that you will see a writer doing standalone books. Uh, my friend Lisa um actually does two series, a book of essays with her daughter and a standalone series. But notice that there has to be a series in there. She can't just do her standalone series or her um, humor books with her daughter. And you know i I don't approach trading as an art. It is an art, of course, um, and it's one of the reasons why I love it. But I approach it as a business. I mean this is never if this is a shock to you, I don't know why. Um, clearly, you have not been paying attention to when I talk because I talk about franchising drunk gossip all the time. <laughs> uh, but even in my own writing, I've noticed a lot more that I uh, I start to plan for a series. Um, my book, Crazy Rich Homos, which came out June 2nd, just in time for Pride Month, is part of a trilogy. Um, my... Two of my most popular characters, Jeff and Jinksy, I have a short story collection that I'm working on and a full-length novel, which will, um, hopefully lead to me, um, writing more full-length novels and possibly some more, another short story collection with them. But, you know, it wasn't always this way and it's not always this way, um, I have a thriller that I want to write that is just standalone. Um, And I'm not 100% convinced that a series always sells better than uh, a standalone novel. Now, I'm going to get a lot of shit for that, and I'm okay with it. Here's my reasoning... Yes, a series. You um, obviously a new release will lift the sales of other books, in in the, in the series. And if you combine those sales, maybe they would do really well, but if I were to put up a sales of. Um my standalone thriller to um the Crazy Rich Homos, I wonder which one would actually win. Um, or even and I think this is an apples to oranges comparison, but if you look at my true crime <clears throat> um History Through Crime was just released um at the beginning of July. If I were to take that and compare it to *Crazy Rich Homos, which one would, which one would win? It's not something I have the answer to. Well, I do, but I haven't looked at it because um, I didn't know I was going to be making this comparison. Um, but you know, I don't. For me, I think if you look at the New York Times bestseller list. Yes, you're going to see it cluttered with series. But if it if a book in the series debuts at number 1, I don't think you're necessarily going to see the previous book launch into the top 10 again. Sales might lift, but I don't think it's they're going to lift enough to justify the argument that um series are more profitable. Um, I do think that it gives you built-in IP. um, And if they're popular enough, you could possibly get a movie made. Or a TV show. If that's your goal. Um, Now. I'm not advocating and I'm not saying that you can't write a series. Clearly, if that's. If that's your goal, if that's your intent, then by all means do it. Um, I'm doing Camp nano this year. Way behind, by the way. Don't ask. Um, I completely scrapped my first project in favor of another. And I just haven't been able to catch up yet. But I have some, I have some time coming up where my fever and hope... Is that I can catch up. <laughs> um. But. Um. With my new project. Which is. Um, a fictionalized take on. Dramageddon. If if y'all don't know what that is. Go Google it. I promise you. You will not be sorry. Um. I actually built the concept. Um. So it could be a series um, with the main character saying the same and a rotating cast of characters. Um, and it plays to all my strengths. So I, um, I definitely think that there is room for a series. But to say that it's the only or the best way to make money, I think, is not only false... But it it gives kind of a, um, a money-hungry image. I say go where your muse takes you. If your muse takes you to a series, so be it. If your muse takes you to a standalone, hallelujah. And if your muse tells you to buy my books, well, I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And so is Mr. Doom and Gloom. And, okay, so 2020 has been a wild, wild ride, right, guys? So, like, I think, I think we can all agree to that. It started out with... Kathy Griffin having her surprise engagement at like eleven fifty, and then having a surprise wedding uh, just after midnight. And I blame that bitch for everything that's happened after. She set the tone for twenty twenty. <laughs> I think we can all agree to that right here now. This is all Kathy Griffin's fault. She has. The power to just completely turn things on its head for some reason. (laughs) Okay. So I don't really blame Kathy Griffin. Well, I kind (laughs) of do. But she definitely did set the tone back in January. And then Australia was on fire. Um for February. And while the coronavirus was around, we weren't really concerned about it here in America. And I know people are like, well, I was always concerned about it. Let's be real here. I don't think any of us were really panicking about it until the first cases arrived um, in California. And then in March, the coronavirus pandemic completely shut down our country. And we were all under quarantine. And then in April, slash may there were murder hornets for some reason. Uh, and there was civil unrest because of... Cops Killing Unarmed Black Men in the Black Lives Movement uh, was protesting this and calling for a reformation of how we of our community services Um, they were asking or they are asking for there to be more money for mental health and social workers so that police don't use force in cases that certainly don't require them and and then uh, the coronavirus outbreak started getting worse uh, after it, it was seemingly contained um, cases have started spiking again. Um, as people grow restless, and they're going to parties, that are not social distancing, whatever. But July has brought possibly the largest, quite possibly the largest disaster of all time. Kanye West is running for president. And that's bad. I mean, let's be real. That is that is atrocious and horrible and every other word that you can think of to describe that. But. It gets worse from there. He announced that Joel Osteen will be his running mate. And I know people are shaking their heads like what the actual fuck. I'm one of those people. I'm people. <laughs> but. Okay. So I promised Will I would do the Newsy stuff first before we get into the good stuff. So he announced he was running, uh, and just after he announced he was running, it came out that his company, Yeezy, received millions of dollars in loans that were earmarked for small businesses. Now, I need people to keep in mind that Yeezy... Uh, is a billion-dollar company. Uh, and no one's quite sure why they got the money, other than Kanye West is a friend of Trump. Now, in his announcement and subsequent interviews, Kanye has distanced himself from Trump um, while also throwing Joe Biden under the bus. Many political... Um, talking heads have said that this is an attempt to split the the black vote uh, just enough so uh, Biden will lose and um, Trump will sail into a second term. Uh, However, according to my sources, that's not the case. Kanye has a new album dropping called God's Country, uh, which is very tinged with gospel songs, which he found a lot of success on in his last um, album. And he has seen the rise of his mega church, uh, which has contributed millions of dollars to his bank account, all tax free because it's a church. So, this run for president uh, is, according to my sources, just a ruse for publicity. Fueling, um, Fueling that theory is the fact that he's not even registered to run, and he will not be on any of the ballots come November. Now, all this has done is proved to be a distraction from um, some of the things that we'll be talking about um, in Polytalk in just a moment. Uh, the announcement came just as the... Uh, Putin having bounties on American soldiers' heads, scandal was heating up. And Trump really needed to change that conversation because that was not one he was going to win. Um, He thought he could easily distract and change the conversation. But ever since the coronavirus, he has found it much more difficult to uh, do that. Uh, And I don't think that should be a surprise to anybody because, well, why would it be? (laughs) Again, I think that um, Will handles politics better than I do, so (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, As far as Kanye West, uh, everyone expects him to rescind his alleged run. And thank his supporters and beg them to buy his new CD. Um, and just in case it's not clear, he's an idiot. Um, he he's the one who said that slavery was a choice. I just want people to remember that. That's going to do it for, for uh, That's going to do it for me. Uh, for this episode, thank y'all so much for listening as always and stay tuned for Politalk with Will.
1: Cheers. Hello listeners. Welcome back to Politalk. I bet y'all thought you'd seen the last of me, huh? Well, it's been a while since I was on the show, make no mistake. Last time, I believe, was right after the news broke about Russia placing bounties on American troops in Afghanistan, and Trump learning about this back in March. Fortunately, I did not get disappeared by the CIA or Secret Service for suggesting that the president and his associates should be put up against the wall for this treason. Instead, I ended up having to take care of some personal and family trouble. Nothing serious, just moving, which is a tremendous amount of work and lately seems to entail us tearing up the entire house, but that's not what y'all came here to listen to, is it? No, y'all came here for an update on the latest political bullshit, and there has been an awful lot of it since we last had one of these. So let's get right back into it. Shortly after our last session of Politalk, rumors started reaching us that President Donald Trump uh, was extremely despondent in outright despair over the latest poll results, the fact that he couldn't fill up a stadium in Tulsa, and how many people have turned against him due to his handling of the coronavirus crisis. It was even reported that Trump was considering dropping out of the race and not running for president for a second term. Those rumors have not panned out, obviously. In truth, they were always a bit sketchy to begin with. One of our sources indicated that A major source for that set of leaks was Donald Trump himself, apparently testing the waters to see how his supporters would react if he went into TV instead of running for a second term. The reaction was evidently bad as he has decided to stay in the race, along with a surprise new entry, Kanye West, who announced that he was running for president last week. West has been a vocal supporter of Trump in the past, but claims that he has lost faith in him and that he feels it's best to run for the presidency by himself. Despite this, it doesn't seem like his friendship, his extremely odd friendship with Donald Trump has ended, and Trump hasn't taken any shots at him on Twitter, at least any that have broken through his usual insane ranting some commentators have even speculated that kanye is attempting to help trump's re-election chances by splitting the black vote away from biden they point to kanye having a meeting with ivanka trump the same week that he announced his run for the presidency as evidence of this theory but we have seen no other proof of it as yet so readers listeners are obliged to take it with a grain of salt or perhaps the entire shaker Perhaps he's simply trying to help his buddy Trump escape the negative headlines caused by the Afghanistan bounty reports. The Don is doing quite well in that regard on his own, To be, to, however, as a number of major scandals that have happened since the bounty news became public have pushed it out of the spotlight rather effectively. The first and most relevant for the vast majority of Americans is his administration's continued shocking failure to act in the face of the coronavirus crisis, which has exploded across the American South, with cases skyrocketing in Florida, Texas, and Arizona, reportedly threatening to overwhelm hospitals there. Despite the rapid and virulent spread of cases, where simple safety precautions like wearing a mask and social distancing continue to be highly politicized, largely due to the president's own actions. For example, at his event, On July 4th, a widely derided speech at Mount Rushmore where he claimed that liberals were trying to destroy the country's heritage and erase its history by knocking down statues. He did not wear a mask, and he encouraged his supporters not to do so either, as it was a violation of American freedoms and the American way of life. Since then, Trump has continued to downplay restrictions. Most recently contradicting his own CDC director when he said that the guidelines they had put in place for reopening schools in the fall were far too harsh, and that states must reopen to help the economy. The White House forced CDC officials and other health experts to go on record and contradict prior testimony and restrictions they had given to support Trump's claim. The White House is also engaged in a campaign to discredit and smear Dr. Fauci, Who so far has refused to do so, and in fact has stopped just short of saying that following the president's advice is likely to get you killed. The other big scandal to happen in the last couple of days was that Trump commuted the sentence of his ally Roger Stone, who was indicted and convicted of lying to Congress and helping a foreign power manipulate the 2016 election. President Trump has gone even further than his attorney Bill Barr, who, whose corruption we've covered in depth on this podcast, and he's openly mused about pardoning Stone before. This event inspired Robert Mueller to take to Twitter, well not Twitter, the Washington Post, the old people's equivalent of Twitter, to defend his actions and his prosecution of Stone. Now, I'm sure we all need some good news at this point. So fortunately, I have some courtesy of the Supreme Court, although the nuances of the court's ruling in Trump versus Vance and Mazars versus USA mean that we likely won't see Trump's tax returns until after they're way to it's way too late for it to affect the election. But the justices ruled unanimously that presidents are not immune to state prosecution while in office thus giving state prosecutors in New York open license to advance their case against Trump. And that's a wrap. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been Politalk. Hopefully I will have a more detailed recap for you next time. Until then, cheers.